Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, speedrunning and video game characters. The most competitive category is 120 stars, which is about an hour and 45 minutes. And the record is so precise that it, like, if you make a single mistake, you might lose world record. Right now, it is lucrative, but with uh youtube and with online careers that could end in a second i think that what the speedrunning community is missing and what i honestly believe it's still missing is more of the casual type of speedrunners like the people who are more for making content than they are for getting the fastest possible time i want to thank you so much for joining us if you get a chance subscribe Leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for all of your support. So our first guest is a video game speedrunner who has several world records and hosts one of the most popular speedrunning channels on YouTube. This is Speedrunner Easy Speezy. Starting with the basics, what is speedrunning? Is it basically just completing a game as fast as you can, or is there more to this? Um, so I guess there's a lot of different kinds of speedruns, but that's what it boils down to. You know, you really love a game, or at least that's how I got started with speedrunning. I really liked the game, and I saw that other people were doing it. So it's kind of a way to replay the game over and over again if you really enjoy it and get better at it every time. But... The main idea behind it is, yeah, you just want to play the game as fast as possible. And uh, there are different kinds of speedruns. Like, for example, there's pencil sharpening speedrunning, where uh, people, like, uh, see how fast they can sharpen to the end of it, like 10 pencils. So it's not just a gaming thing. There's, like, speedrunning through. Uh, it, it's really gained in popularity in doing that kind of, like, meme speedruns. And then... Um, but I'd say where it started really was like, yeah, just playing the classic games. I mean, one of the most popular speedruns is the original Super Mario Bros, where uh, over years and years, people got it down to under five minutes playing the entire game. And it just keeps going a little bit lower until it gets to like the theoretical best possible time. So, yeah, and then <laughs> I could go into for a while because then there's speedruns with glitches where you're allowed to use anything, speedruns without glitches. There's like low percent speedruns where you want to 
do it with the least amount of resources, basically. There's like a whole different variety of them. But yeah, uh, it all comes down to doing a task as fast as possible. So is there a whole community that has kind of sprung up around this? Yeah, I mean, speedrunning is so I started, I think, around seven years ago. And what I remember is the community was mostly on Twitch, uh, which is the gaming website where you can live stream video games. And a lot of speedrunners, basically, they do live stream their uh, they live stream their stuff. And then um, kind of we put it onto a website called speedrun.com, which hosts all the records and stuff. But speedrunning has been going on for much longer than that. Um, I know some speedrunners uh, that are still in the game doing it since like 2005 and stuff. When I believe it was originally, um, there was something called Speed Demos Archive, where uh, that's where a lot of the really old stuff came in. But as far as I know, as in the last seven years, we have a website that kind of hosts the communities. And then each game has a community. So a lot of the really nostalgic games, like your Mario Bros, that has a lot of dedicated speedrunners. Um, funny enough, uh, an old classic, uh, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom, that has like a huge speedrunning community. Um, there's like a lot of games that people found nostalgic, as well as new games, like Elden Ring recently came out that has a lot of speedrunners, stuff like that. Um, but what I do is I kind of like dipping my toes in everything. So... I always had a problem where I get kind of bored after doing it for too long. And I like switching around with games, but I still love speedrunning and learning the new games. So I kind of go to different nostalgic games I've played before or different games that people want me to do, trial their speedruns and kind of just like see what that community is like. What's the overall appeal of it? Is it the community aspect like, hey, this is my time. This is what I got. Or is it just bringing kind of the new challenge to the game that you like? I can tell you from my personal drive is that for me, at least originally, it was playing a game over and over again and always having new things you can learn. One of my favorite speed games is Super Mario Sunshine, and um, it has really fun movement and stuff. So basically, but you can only play it casually so many times. You can only, uh, you know, you can only go back and play it once a year casually. You would probably get bored if you kept doing that. But what speedrunning does is it allows you to always be learning, hey, there's this new trick that I could add into my speedrun. Or there's this new technique and people are always learning new things. Uh, there are people in the speedrunning community that are specifically looking for glitches and they find them for speedruns. So uh, I'd say for a lot of people, it is the community involvement. I know a lot of people who have made friends off of speedrunning, and I have as well, obviously. And then there's also just like the idea of being able to play your favorite game over and over again and it always being fun. Does it make regular gaming, quote unquote, whatever you want to define that as, does it make the, does that make that boring then though? Like, do you get so good at playing video games that like, I can't enjoy just playing the game as like somebody like myself would so for example um i wouldn't say that i would say that it does make it harder though like for example if i were to go back and play super mario sunshine it would feel really slow so that specific game i you kind of it's hard to go back to playing casually once you've done speed running um so i'd say for the specific games but i mean the main source of gaming i do outside of speedrunning is just um playing with friends so that always kind of gives it an appeal but i think it's different for each person like i still love it when the huge blockbuster games come out like 
I'm super excited for the new Zelda game, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> and uh, uh, the new Spider-Man game that's coming out. So there's still, like, really good uh, single-player games that I am excited for. But, yeah, I would say it's kind of hard to, harder to play casually because you kind of feel like you should be going fast sometimes, at least for me. What would you say, kind of, what was the game that got you into it? Like, oh, this is my jam. So, um, basically what happened was I, uh, learned about Twitch like eight, nine years ago. And, um, one thing I wanted to do when I was a kid, I was a freshman in high school. Um, I was doing YouTube before that, but then I found Twitch and I fell in love with the idea and I started playing Binding of Isaac. Um, and through Twitch, I found out that people actually did speedruns of it. And I was like, well, this is really cool. And to be honest, uh, I was like, wow, people get good viewership on this. So I want to give it a try. So I gave it a try, ended up loving it, even though I wasn't the best at the game. Um, but I just ended up loving, especially with Binding of Isaac. It's so it's a game that is really good for speedruns because you have to adapt to so many different things happening. Um, if you don't know the game, basically, it's this roguelike game where um, there's tons of different items you can get and each run is going to be different. So you can get the items. You have to adapt to what you get out of that game. Uh, so that's kind of the, you know, very surface level explanation of the game. But then uh, Undertale came out. I got into speedrunning that. And like I said, Super Mario Sunshine. And then after that, I kind of took a break from it. But uh, eventually came back uh, when COVID hit. So um, that's definitely, I would say that Binding of Isaac is still like, it holds a good place in my heart because it's what got me into speedrunning and i love watching speedruns especially i've always been impressed like the few times i've seen somebody like beat i can never remember what's the mario one with the pipes the one that i well that's a stupid mistake (laughs) well they all have pipes right but the one where you could like you could jump over and then you could run across and you could go down and then there was like you could warp to different worlds that was like the first one that i saw it was like holy crap I think that is the original, yeah. That's the well, original. Well, there is also 64, but 64 has less pipes and stuff, so. When did you start doing this professionally? Uh, professionally, uh, basically during the pandemic. Um, I I kind of have always been interested. Like I said, I've always been interested in speedrunning. I've been watching speedrunning for so many years. Then the pandemic hit. And um, at that time, I was really only doing YouTube and I was doing short skits with my friends and stuff. I was kind of on a break from YouTube, uh, just coming back when I came home from college. And then the pandemic hit, you know, we all got all this time. And kind of what I started out doing was uh, like one week challenges where I see how good I can get at a speed game in one week. So how good I can get at the speed run. And that's what I did for that summer. And then eventually, um, I kind of found so there's this game called yandere simulator it is a very uh divisive game a lot of people hate the guy who made it uh for you know not talking about if it's a good or a bad reason but there's a lot of people mad because he's taken like seven years to make it and uh he's been taking patreon money and stuff like that um but i remember watching as a kid and he finally came out with the demo for the game and then I decided to speedrun the demo because there was a huge exploit where you could beat it in like two minutes. So, <laughs> so basically I did that and that's kind of what got me popularity. And I was like, okay, I think that 
what the speedrunning community is missing and what I honestly believe it's still missing is more of the casual type of speedrunners, like the people who are more for making content than they are for getting the fastest possible time. So I kind of went from there and just started doing variety speedrunning. Um, I played a bunch of Flash games. And uh, just from there, it my channel just blew up. So it was just the perfect timing. And uh, it's something that I've loved for so long. So it's definitely a super fun thing for me. Are you surprised? Or did you always kind of think like, man, if I can just get to this point, I can make this work? Um, I, I've always wanted to be a YouTuber. Uh, I'd say since I was like 10. I remember I used to make videos with my friend and uh, we were walking my dog at the time, Lucky. And then we made this song uh, where it was basically just talking about walking the dog. And my parents were like, hey, don't post yourself on the internet. So we made our voices high pitched like chipmunks and then posted that. And then I went into like Call of Duty and stuff. So I've been doing YouTube with my current channel for eight years, but for probably like 10 to 12 years is what I'd say I've been doing YouTube. And then, you know, I've had good successes and stuff like that, but then only momentary successes, but I've learned for so long. And I think all of that kind of helped me like learn what the algorithm likes, uh, how to do that stuff. And I'd say the time when I hit a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, I was like, okay, I'm finishing this last year of college uh, because it was my last year. I studied computer, computer science. So I'm finishing this last year. I need to convince my parents that this is a good idea. And so I was kind of like going through, okay, how am I going to do this? But eventually it got to the point where um, my channel was growing so fast that my dad sat me down and he was like, hey, I think you should pursue this full time because he looked it up and like saw, I think, before I uh, graduated, I think I hit a million subscribers. So he was like, yeah, I think you should go into this full time. So from there, I was like, okay, so we can actually do this. Man, but I'm a father myself. And I could say like, that's a good dad, right? Because yeah. you never know. You never like think of how stupid it was years ago when people were like playing video games. What is that ever going to get you? Well, that sounds pretty stupid now. Like encouraging that... your children is a fantastic thing. Well, my dad always tells the story. When I was a kid and I was doing Twitch streaming, but my house was really noisy. We had dogs. We had people running all over the place. So what I ended up doing is I would do my Twitch streaming at like 2 or 3 a.m. I would fall asleep at like uh, 7 or 8. And so I could wake up at that time. And I remember telling my parents, I was like, yeah, I just can't sleep. And they were actually really worried about me. I learned years later. But I, I was like, all right, this is what I can do it. And I want to make it work. Um, and I remember the first time that I got a donation for $10, like my dad was super proud. He put it on his Facebook and then all my friends found out about my YouTube channel. So that wasn't the most fun thing in the world, but he put it on his Facebook and, uh, and nowadays he loves telling the story how it was always like, yeah, you'll never make money playing video games, but <laughs> now I can. So answer this if you want, skip it if you don't. Is this a lucrative career? Could you um, do this long enough to be like, I'm good? So the one thing that I have, I've always been very realistic about the YouTube career in the sense that right now it is lucrative, but with uh, YouTube and with online careers, that could end in a second. Like I, you know, a year from now, 
I could be getting half the views I'm getting right now. And I'm very prepared for that. And like, I know that could happen. So I right now it is, but I am always like kind of preparing for the one day where it might not be. Um, and so I have money saved up. And like I said, I have my college degree in computer science. Um, or I have other things I want to do. Like one day, um, I'd love to start developing, developing my own independent video games and stuff like that. So the hope is that uh, I would love to do YouTube for the rest of my life. Um, who knows if that's going to happen? Because like I said, it's the internet. It can change so suddenly. It's just, I'm always worried about it because you never know what can happen. The algorithm changes and then all of a sudden, does it take any of the fun out of it for you that now this is kind of like the job? And I think that for anybody, when you make something a job, there's always a certain amount of like, oh, it's my job now. But have has it taken away any of your enthusiasm or has it added to it? Um, I think for making videos, I have the same enthusiasm um, that I always have. I mean, what I did was I kind of, I'm careful about burnout. Um, for example, just this January, I took like a couple weeks break. Uh, recently, I went on a vacation uh, to Italy, stuff like that. So I do take breaks to um, kind of like give me that time away from working and trying to get away from that burnout. But so I still love creating. I don't think that will ever go away. And I'm very careful because, yeah, I know of people who have stopped their love. And then, you know, you don't you don't ever want to do that. This is a dream job. So I want to keep it a dream job. But I'd say that it kind of removes some of the fun from gaming in general, to be completely honest with you. Like I said, I still am excited about some games, but I can't just sit down and play a Steam game for, uh, or just go through my Steam list and play a bunch of games because it, gaming is my job now. So it's a little bit harder to do that. But, you know, there are other things you can do, so it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, everything has its ups and downs, right? Like, yeah. you always pay a cost no matter what that necessarily is. Kind of going back into the more speedrunning. Now, do developers of games, do they purposely build this aspect in? Or is it just kind of something that people have to figure out how to do? It depends on the developer. Like, I can tell you that pretty sure that Nintendo does not like speedrunners at all. Um, they, yeah, they're not big fans of it. You can very well see with, like, all the patches they do. But there are some developers who do kind of uh, uh, try to make speedrunning kind of a focal point. For example, Celeste. Um, I haven't personally done a speedrun of it, but I w love watching them. It's this independent video game. Uh... I don't know why I'm saying the full name when I could just say indie game, but it's an indie game. And um, basically it's about, uh, this is oversimplifying it, but you climb a mountain and you get more power-ups. And uh, how the game is structured is that you've always, you always have these power-ups, but you learn more about them and you get better using them. So you can go back and it's kind of like it has a speedrun timer integrated into the game so you can start speedrunning it. And there are certain games like that, which I would say at least part of them is made for speedrunning, but it depends on the company. I, indie developers are a lot more into it than I'd say uh, other developers, but I think especially now with speedrunning gaining popularity, people realize the benefits of having a strong speedrunning community. So, okay, I hope this question makes sense. Are you good at video games or are you good at speedrunning? Or is there a difference? <laughs> I actually wouldn't call myself very good at video games. 
Like, um, I've played a lot of Valorant, and I haven't really ever gotten above gold. But I'd say that uh, I'm good at the learning process. Um, a lot of people actually, like if I'm streaming or something, people say, hey, you're really good at games and stuff. And like, you're really good at learning these games and doing this all the time. But I don't think that's true necessarily. I think it's more that because I've learned so many speed games, I kind of know how to learn them. And I think anybody could do it. It's just that because this is my job, I have all the time to devote to it. But uh, speedrunning, I would definitely say is because usually it's just you. I don't know. It, it's different than other kinds of gaming. I So I wouldn't really call myself good at gaming. And I honestly wouldn't even call myself good at speedrunning. I just say that I love speedrunning. And I just, uh, you know, work through my bad gaming skills. I mean, I saw some of it, dude. Like, you're pretty good. <laughs> at least, like, to me, you're very good at it. Um, do you have time for some listener-submitted questions? Yeah, sure. Easiest game to speedrun, hardest game to speedrun. That's a hard one, actually, because I think it's what... I can't give you a definite answer, because I'd, I can say for me personally, I think the hardest game for me to speedrun is getting over it. It's a game where... You, yeah, go over a mountain, you have a hammer, you're in a pot, and it's kind of like a rage game where if you fall down, you lose all of your progress. But if you get really good at it, I think the record's like two minutes when it takes for a casual playthrough, usually like six to 10 hours. So for me, I'd say that's probably the hardest one just because it's really, it's a frustrating game. You know, there's so many things that you can mess up, even though it is so quick. Um, and then the easiest game to speedrun it's hard to say that one as well because there are speed games, for example, like um, you can speed run the original Five Nights at Freddy's uh, where basically there's a tiny exploit which lets you get through just a little bit faster. But at the same time, it's just Five Nights at Freddy's. If you can survive five nights, then you win. Uh, there are people who speed run like old Barney games where it's just like a 2D, really slow Barney game. There are so many games like that that you can't really say the easiest or the hardest. But yeah, hardest for me, definitely getting over it because you get a little tilted. <laughs> I've seen that game only and it looks like it was designed by somebody with like, why would you make this? That looks yeah. like endless frustration of like, who made this? And this should be banned from the inter <laughs> from the Internet. Um Game that probably couldn't be done any faster. Like, is there any games that like, I think... We have reached the limit, and that's not going to get any quicker. I can say for sure there are some, like, for example, uh, Dragster for the Atari. Um, that has reached its theoretical limit. What you can do in speedrunning is something called a TAS, where um, it's a tool-assisted speedrun, where you can go back and use a program to uh, basically every single frame, you can press any button you want. So you can go frame by frame, making it the perfect speed run. So you can see like, hey, yeah, is this as theoretically perfect as it can get? But so there are games like that, but that's a really simple game where it's like you just drive the car. It's like a six second speed run. So there are things like that. But the thing about speed running is as soon as you think we're reaching the theoretical limit, there's something new that's get that gets found. Like for uh, the original Super Mario Bros, that... Uh, it keeps finding just these tiny time saves and it makes the game exponentially harder. But 
you can watch on YouTube. There's a, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? A video that compares the task to the world record. And it's like almost there. But oh. who knows? In another two years, we might find a new, or not me, we, but someone might find a new glitch that just makes it a couple frames faster. Man. So some of them are like frames, which I'm assuming are hundreds of a second. Yeah. So how, uh, basically, and I'm not going to go into the whole analogy, but yeah, there's yeah. A, in the original Super Mario Bros., um, it works in a way where uh, you can't go faster by a frame because of how loading works in the game. Uh, there's a whole long explanation <laughs> with a bus. You can look it up after if you're interested. <laughs> I don't understand it exactly myself, but um, it's basically like you can save 0.3 seconds or... If someone's slightly slower, they'll still get the same time as you. If within that like 0.3 seconds. Um, who would you say, and if it's you, say it's you, who would you say is probably the best speedrunner? Best speedrunner? Definitely not me. <laughs> but like the problem is that it is on a game-to-game basis. Um, but I'd say probably the best speedrunners come out of Super Mario 64. Uh, because that is the most technical, um, the most competitive game of all time, I would say. So there are people like um, Cheese, Simply. Um, there, there's a lot of speedrunners within Super Mario 64 that the most competitive category is 120 stars, which is about an hour and 45 minutes. And the record is so precise that it... Like, if you make a single mistake, you might lose world record. It's it's not, not that bad, but it's such a long speed run with so many things that can go wrong with so many hard things. So I'd say the Super Mario 64 speedrunners are, like, probably at the top of speedrunning. How far have you gotten into, like, a good speed run and then made a mistake? <laughs> that happens a lot. Um, the thing about speedrunning is... You're going to have nerves, especially if you're on a really good one. What you have to do is make it to that point enough to where you're used to it. So I've had several speed runs, which, you know, they're about to uh, PB your personal best. And, uh, you know, you fail at the last trick that you need to do, the last hard thing of the run. So that happens all the time in speed running. But all you can really do is say, okay, well, I just got to make it to this spot five more times, fail each time. And then eventually I'll get used to it. I like this question. It's either great or stupid. How do you deal with finger sweat? <laughs> um, like that. Because I can just imagine, like, I got this run. Oh, those fingers are feeling a little greasy. <laughs> like, how do you deal with finger sweat? Um, I would say that, luckily, I haven't really dealt with uh, finger sweat too much. Not a big finger but, sweater, huh? <laughs> but I know some people have, like, towels and stuff where, you know, in a rest period, they can wipe their hands and stuff. Yeah, man. Once I get nerves going, I would just feel like my fingers getting, like, oh, getting a little grease. I couldn't handle that stress. I couldn't handle it, man. Um, Holy grail. And I mean that in the sense that, like, this would make this person the ultimate speedrunner of all time. Like, ooh, this is the biggest prize in speedrunning. Um, I would say, see, I've kind of heard this from another YouTuber, and I kind of agree. Um, I think it was Carl Jobs who said this, where he thinks that if someone can get 
all Super Mario 64 records. So that's 120 star, which is all stars in the game. 70 stars, which is uh, basically the amount of stars you need, you normally need to beat the game. Uh, the 16 star record, which is where uh, you do what are called BLJs to go through doors and stuff. And then there's a one star record and a zero star record. If they could get all of those records at the same time, then that's kind of like the top of the top. Are there enough ways that I could do this, though, where, like, anybody could have a record, right? Like, I'm thinking, um, you know, play the most recent game I played, Breath of the Wild. God, I can't wait for the new game. Um, But most, like, Brave Breath of the Wild dressed in only the radiant armor with three hearts, right? Like, can does it ever become kind of, okay, that's a little bit of a ridiculous record? Um, I mean, there is plenty of stuff like that already, like... I've seen a speedrun of keeping with Breath of the Wild. There's like, to, um, there's speedruns to throw a rake in a lake. And there's multiple speedruns to die. There's speedruns to do a lot of those uh, more obscure things. I'd say the only thing that matters is if, uh, I guess if people are interested in it. Yeah, you can make a speedrun where it's like, yeah, you have to get this specific armor. You have to defeat these bosses, this enemy, and then go defeat Ganon. But yeah, it just depends on if uh, other people are also interested in that run. So it really comes down to how fun the run is uh, a lot of the times. Like there's always going to be any percent, which is beat the game as fast as possible. A hundred percent, which is be everything. So do everything you can in the game. There's always going to be those two. This is a question that this is, why are you so popular? Um, why I would say I'm so popular is because, like I said before, it was kind of, I don't think there are enough casual speedrunners. What I do with my channel is, instead of going for a world record, I learn a speedrun. Usually I spend around a week learning that speedrun. And then I'll make a video on it, showing uh, all the times I fail, and like, cracking jokes at that, and uh, kind of having more of a the lighthearted attitude rather than going for world record so i'd say the reason i'm more popular is because it's kind of just like that i got lucky enough to be the first person who kind of went in that direction um so like when i did that original yandere simulator video i was like okay i think there's a thing here if i keep going and branching out to other games and i think it was just like a good but at the same time like i said before there is a lot of opportunity in the speedrunning space. It is nowhere near saturated. Um, I think there could, and there still are a lot of people who break out in speedrunning. And uh, I remember I recently saw a video where somebody did a, uh, a speedrun where they saw how fast they could touch grass in every Mario game. And it was like a really new channel and they got like a million views on that. So there's always like, there's a lot of space in speedrunning. I think I was just like, through the inspirations of people like, uh, I said them before, but like Small Ant, um, I kind of like just found a good niche for me. Yes, is there cheating though? I would think that, that somebody's figured out like a way to rig the game. Um, there is cheating in speedrunning, but it always gets found out. Yeah, um, you can't really cover your tracks with computers, I would think. Yeah, there's always going to be something that, just don't cheat. That's what I would say. I, um... It's always going to get found out. Like, I know the biggest scandal that ever happened in speedrunning was the YouTuber Dream. 
Um, and he uh, did a Minecraft world. He got a Minecraft world record a long time ago. And or it was maybe not the world record which he cheated on, but he had um, whether you believe his story or not, basically how he described it was he had a mod on that he didn't think was on that gave him a um, better chance to get blaze rods and ender pearls and things like that, which are basically what you need to beat Minecraft. And uh, because of that, he got some really good runs. He got exposed. It was a huge thing in speedrunning. And even though nobody found out for like a year, eventually they found out and like it got exposed. So cheating is never worth it. You're going to get blacklisted from the community. And it's it's not fun. <laughs> Why not have fun with speedrunning? There's a guy that maybe you are familiar with this. It might be more kind of my generation than yours, but the Billy Mitchell who was oh, this? Yeah. yeah, and he got. I think he got found out like twenty years later or something like that. But you always knew watching that guy. I was like, "There's something. He's doing something." Um. Okay. Do you think that Tears of the Kingdom is going to live up to the expectation? I'm really worried it's not. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. Breath of the Wild was probably one of my favorite games ever. I've always been a huge fan of the Zelda series since I was a little kid. And yeah, I am super excited for Tears of the Kingdom. I would be very sad, but I don't know if even if it's just another Breath of the Wild, I think I'll still enjoy it. But if they can really give it that extra push, give that stuff that people wanted, then I'm really excited for the game. It's weird. Like, okay, so I'm very casual gamer and I play like with my four year old and six year old. But I was like, I wanted them to both completely do something different and do something exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they've somehow done both. Those new vehicles so you, look cool. Yeah. Like the vehicles, the new abilities that you have just being able to. I don't know if you've been watching the trailers. I don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't, but only the trailer. I don't I've I like I don't like to spoil things too much, but yeah, only the trailers, right? Like I don't want to see gameplay or anything like yeah. that. Like I just wanna But it looks like they have some really cool mechanics. So I mean if they can just update it, get some of the like the biggest problem I had with the game was, like I said, I've been a Zelda fan for as long as I remember. Um, and I was disappointed in the lack of dungeons. If they added dungeons to the game, I would be super happy. That's what I feel like is the challenge for this one, because I both want them to keep the shrine cosp- con- 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 mm-hmm. aspect and yeah. to have dungeons. Like, you you have to make me happy in every single way. <laughs> it's like a Star Wars fan. If all yeah. of this isn't a thousand percent correct. I hate everything about it. Um, so, man, that's all the questions I got. Is there anything that you think that we missed or kind of what's coming up next for you? How can people learn more about you and learn more about speedrunning? Uh, yeah, I mean, in general, I'd say uh, my channel is Easy Speezy. Um, and, yeah, I just do all kinds of variety speedrunning. So pretty much a little bit of everything. Um, so, yeah, you can just check me out on YouTube. That's the main thing I'm on. And then also, if you are interested in speedrunning, go to speedrun.com, click, uh, search up your favorite game, and you'll be amazed what happened. If you have like a nostalgic game from your childhood, you'll be amazed what people do with it and maybe get into it. Everybody in the speedrunning community is extremely nice. They're all helpful. You can join their Discord groups and stuff like that. And it's just a great community to be in. I want to thank Easy so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And we have also included his information 
in the episode description. If you want to see some of his speed runs, the YouTube version of this interview will be live on May 4th, and we've included some of his speed runs in that video. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. What thing do you try to do as fast as possible to either as a competition with yourself or to get it over with? <laughs> uh, okay, I'll stay PG. Um, let's see, cleaning up kids' toys and, and doing the dishes and laundry and stuff. I'm always trying to get that done as fast as I can. The only thing I try to do as fast as possible is to like unload the dishwasher. Like, I just want to get that over with as quickly as I possibly can. I mean, I try to do most things that I don't want to do quickly. So there's a lot of things. But then do you mess up and have to end up doing it again? No, but I'm probably not as uh, meticulous and detail-oriented as my wife would like me to be. Out of every 10 things, how often do you do something too quickly, mess it up, and then have to do it again? I'd say probably 10 to 20%. That's not that high. I expected no. that you were going to say higher. I think that's a lesson that you learn in life, though. Like in your 20s, you're probably doing at 30 to 50% of things over again because you didn't do them right the first time. Oh, yeah. I would say more. You'd say more? Yeah. In your 20s, it's probably like 60% at least. It does seem to go down as you get older that you finally learn to like do things right the first time. And I don't know why because it's not like the it really changes that much once you hit 30. It's just a it's like a different mindset that that becomes you. Did you listen to people older than you when you were growing up or did you basically ignore advice that everyone gave you? I wouldn't say I ignored it. I I, I mean I didn't uh I didn't adhere by most of it, but I, I would say I never ignored it. I just didn't choose to do it. That makes any sense. It does. Because I feel like that's how I was. Like all of the things that I never listened to people tell me when I was younger, I am now finding myself telling my son (laughs) who doesn't listen to me. It's like an endless cycle of not being able to listen to people. 
Like what 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 is what is the one thing you wish he would listen to that you know he just never will? I always tell him get on him about doing something right the first time, which is the exact same thing that my family used to get on me about. <laughs> and now I'm telling him to do it. it we really do never learn our lessons. Like nobody ever learns their lesson. It does not surprise me that that you did not listen to anybody. That surprises me none. No. But I, at the same time, while I should have listened to people, I also don't really regret not listening to people. I will say as I get older, the people who are trying to give me advice, many of them had no idea what they were referring to at all. That was a big surprise I felt like as I got older, that when you were young, you kind of thought that adults had things figured out. And then as you get older, you realize that most adults really have no idea what they're talking about. And you were always getting advice from people who had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah, I mean, still to this day, when I'm when, when I'm in conversation with, you know, just say leaders of anything, and you're like, you stop and you ask yourself, does this person really have any idea what they're referring to or talking of? I don't think that most people do. I mean, it's kind of like listening to us give our opinions about various things on this podcast. We have no idea what we're talking about. Uh okay, are you ready? Are you ready for your shout outs? I am. I am. I do want to I want to circle back one real fast on a piece of advice that you actually gave me that I didn't listen to but now is it's like the gospel. And that was you had you asked me one time on this podcast if I was a fast eater or a slow eater. And I'm pretty sure I said slow eater. And you're like, "Oh man, you know, my children this and that like you'll you'll find out someday. Your kids are still really young." Well, I can tell you that I don't think I spend more than seven minutes at the dinner table anymore. Oh, I spend like 45 minutes, but mainly it's just me sitting there trying to wait for my kids to eat. How long does it take? Wait a minute. How long did you used to take you to eat dinner? I mean, I, I mean, I, I like to enjoy it. I mean, I think I told you probably 45 minutes to an hour and a half. How do you even, how could you even take that long eating? Like, what are you doing? Like chewing each bite 75 <laughs> times? Well, I mean, it was, you know, it, it was just sitting down, eating, obviously, maybe having a drink, conversing with the wife. But now it's like the, the kids are demons. I mean, there's, well, I mean, that's there's no other way to put it. They're demons. There's no you can't complain about your children because their fault as a child is your fault as a parent. That's <laughs> why mean, my kids are perfect. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. I see. I've never understood people who drank while eating. I separate my liquid and solids. Like I don't start eating until I'm done drinking. Like I'm never gonna have like a couple of bites of something and then take a drink. No, I separate it out. The drinking is for before and for after, never during. I mean, drink. You know, especially wine. If you have wine with certain kind of meats, it really does make can make a difference. All right, let's get ready for some shout-outs, outs, outs. Uh, let's see. We'll start with Carl Taylor, a good simple name to kick it off. Uh, Isaiah Ham, Scott Gizondi, Giovanni Giorgio, like the alliteration there. Giovanni is like a – always enjoyed a good Giovanni too. Okay. Cool. Right. Right. <laughs> Robin. Can we talk about the for people who don't who are listening to the audio only version of this? John got a haircut, and the only thing you need to know about John's haircut is imagine a guy named Buzz, 
And that is exactly what John looks like. Okay. Like, so here- just imagine someone named Buzz. And, like, there's no way. If your name was Buzz Bifferson, that would be, like, that would be your name. Like, so- <laughs> literally look up Buzz Bifferson in the Wello pages or whatever. Like, yeah, that's what he looks like. So what happened was I literally lost my voice, uh, like completely lost it. And I decided to go to the my barber, who I've been going to for years. And, of course, uh, I go there and I get a person I've never had cut my hair before. And I could barely talk. And I'm like, well, this is fucking great. So he asks me, we doing the normal thing? And I said, yeah, I would like to take it a little, little shorter on the sides. And I don't know what he heard, but this is what I ended up with. I literally look like a fat John Cena. God, you do kind of look like. I do. You look like Buzz Bifferson. <laughs> See, the guy that cuts my hair doesn't even speak English. So I just point and say numbers. I go point. I point with, I say three, and I hold up three fingers. And then I give him the finger length signal on the top. And we're good to go, man. Oh, man. No. You, yeah. you don't even need to speak English with the person who cuts your hair. I'm not even entirely sure. I think I know what the sides are for mine, number-wise. I don't know what the top is. See, that's about being prepared. That's about taking a little time to learn a little bit about the subject, and then that's going to save you some long, some heartache in the long run. Have a little bit of knowledge. Anyways, uh, Robin Severson, James Ewart, Baxter Morrison. There's another good, solid name of Baxter. I like a Baxter. How do you spell Baxter? Uh, this- A-X? Yeah, this person, B-A-X, and then obviously T-E-R. Baxter. <laughs> I don't know why, I know why you're making it funny, but uh, anyways. Uh, it's a J- humorous name. Jason Cruz. Sam Fursey Third. Had to make sure we got the third in there. And uh, third in there. last but not least, Andy Bruce, who also made a point uh, to tell me that Independence Day if you listen to our episode last week, we did top five space movies and that uh, Independence Day is not a space movie because it does not take place in space. But I disagree with that because some of it does at the end. And that's what I'm sticking. Yeah, they're aliens and they fly up in from space. I mean, I understand you could make some kind of an argument that it's not really a space movie. Like I kind of get it, but like it's dealing with aliens that particular From person outer space. also was kind of against your Predator pick as well because Predator takes place in America. Or, I'm sorry, in, in uh, uh, the, uh, oh my God, on Earth, not in space. Oh, I, he has a point. They have a point. I understand what their point is. I just believe that their point is completely wrong. And if you're talking about aliens, they come from outer space, <laughs> therefore a space movie. But to each his own. What was, what was, it, what was their name? Andy Bruce, long-time listener. Okay. Well, Andy, everybody's wrong sometimes, and today is your day. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I can just hear him telling us to go fuck ourselves. Um, I mean, he's kind, of like, he's kind of right, and we're kind of right. It's okay. It's all right. I mean, we'll draw the line in the middle in the sand, and we'll call it, you know, we'll fight another day, as we always do. Hey, some people like cucumbers better pickled. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, so I figured uh, on the questions section of this, I would. They are questions, but they're they're un, uh, unorthodox questions. So, uh, out of these two sayings, which one makes least sense to you? 
Uh, always cry over spilt milk or pick the low-hanging fruit first. Isn't it never cry over spilled milk? No, I, this is always cry over spilled milk. That I think that's not the right thing. I think you're not sub- supposed to cry over spilled milk. Yeah, no use in crying over spilled milk. I don't know what. God so I guess Google. that one would be the that would be don't blame Google. Jesus, Google didn't give you the wrong answer, right? I guess, don't blame oh the tools. Jesus. So I guess the first one would be the wrong, the least sense because it's not even the right saying. You don't cry over spilled milk. What was the other one? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, pick the low hanging fruit first. Um, I mean, yeah. The, the, there's a lot of I want to do top five sayings like I love me some good saying because some of them like make sense and then don't make any sense at all like the thing about like an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind well there'd be one person with an eye and he would rule the world okay well here's my second my second one of these for you uh, it's raining cats and dogs or to sweat like a pig I've never seen a pig sweat do pigs sweat a lot I don't think they do. That's why it makes no sense. Well, I mean, raining cats and dogs as a history major, I can finally use my $40,000 history degree. Oh, boy. It actually comes from a saying because, like, cats and dogs used to go up into the the thatch of roofs. And then when it rained really hard, it would loosen up the thatch and the roofs, and sometimes animals would actually fall through the roof. So that's where it comes from, raining cats and dogs. I don't know about the other saying about a pig sweating. <laughs> they got to cool themselves somehow. I mean, but no, I can't I, think it like, I think that's why they go in the mud actually is because they can't, cool off? yeah, they can't sweat. So they roll around in the mud. I think I could be wrong, but I think that's... I can also use my history degree to uh, provide some information that that is essentially one of the things that has allowed us to become who we are as a species is our ability to cool ourselves. Our ability to cool ourselves, our big brains, and our ability to run long distances. Because that's essentially how we hunted prey, was to just chase them down until they died from heat exhaustion. Well, that $40,000 is really paying off for you. That's the first time I've ever actually really used that besides putting it on a piece of paper. Um, Okay, do you want to do your poll or do you want to do your candle of the month? Because I know when it's a candle of the month episode, it's basically pointless to talk about anything before we get to candle of the month because it's all you're thinking about. No, I, I we, we can do the poll real fast. Um, right, real fast. Okay, good. At least you had the courtesy to give the shout-out some yeah. acknowledgement. Yeah, so... You usually do and just skip right over them. I, do, I don't do that. Okay. Uh, I just mess up a name, pretty much every name. Uh, anyway, so the four choices this week uh, were our, our favorite foods. That did not win. Even though I'm kind of curious to know what yours is, even though I think I do know what it is uh succession the show on hbo that is being called the greatest show possibly ever uh this is the one that i wanted to talk about which i'm gonna i will uh but apparently the incredible hulk started trending for no reason uh over the weekend but there is a reason and then uh what won actually was may day which We'll get that one out of the way real fast. So May Day, obviously, it's May 1st when we when we record this. Uh, that's also May Day, and it's supposedly uh, the month of May celebrates the workers and the unions of the world. 
So that's why it's it's called May Day. Uh, however, I think I know the beginning of May more more for the memes than I do what it actually means. Like it's gonna be yeah. May. May, may the, the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. As long as you love May. <laughs> does does May have the strongest start to a month of any month? January is obviously the New Year's, but after that, it really kind of just peters out. The start of May may have the strongest start to a month of any month. Yeah, I mean, I mean, September has Labor Day, right? Like, it's a good time usually entering Labor Day because you always get the Monday. Well, we don't, or you don't, or I do, or you I don't. D- I, yeah, you do. I, I don't, don't. I don't even. I don't even know what you're talking about at this point. <laughs> no idea either. Uh, this caffeine's kicking in. Um, I would say September starts pretty strong as well, but I think I think May probably still takes the cake. Yeah, I can't think of any other. March definitely has the strongest middle of the month. Because of you've St. Patrick's got St. Patrick's Day, you've got the NCAA tournament, you've got the Ides of March, history major, third time this episode, I get to throw that in, and it's my birthday. There's no, no month has a stronger middle of the month than May. Now, no, I don't think that any month March. has a stronger end March. Oh, than March, right. I don't think that any month has a stronger end of the month than December. I mean, thanks uh, or thanks. Um, November is pretty pretty strong going into the end. It's not Christmas. It's it not Christmas. No, it's not. Yeah, and it's New Year's technically because I always considered, yeah, the Christmas. So this is what I'm going to go ahead and say. I think May has the strongest beginning of the month. March has the strongest middle of the month. And December has the strongest end of the month. I mean, July's okay for having like the middle because like that's the obviously like the middle of summer, best weather usually. You know, there's it's not necessarily holidays, but every weekend you're out doing something. So I'd probably pick July as having the best middle month. Wow, well that's just completely wrong. But that's okay, Biff. That's okay, Biff Buzzerson. (laughs) Yeah, leave me alone. Uh, anyway, so the Incredible Hulk started trending, um, not because there's rumors of a new movie coming out, not because Mark Ruffalo tweeted something, or the other guy who starred in the uh, the one like back in two thousand and four, Eric Bana, or Edward Norton. Three people have been Ooh. the Incredible Hulk. Ooh. Four people, Lou Ferrigno. And I would I would make the argument that Lou Ferrigno is still the most recognizable Hulk that there ever has been. I th- I think he's probably second. I think the Mark Ruffalo guy would overtake him. Wow. Okay. I yeah, that show was like fifty years old, man. Yeah, but I I still feel like people. I you know I don't know when you think of Incredible Hulk you, or the Hulk you think of, you know Lou Ferrigno with all that green paint on his body and. Just jacked out as hell. All natural strength. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, so, and all those thoughts, it ended up being what caused the Incredible Hawk to trend was a viral post uh, about what the results of mixing Hypnotic and Hennessy did. Apparently, they, they turn into some kind of murky green liquor that can that will knock you out and apparently it's tr- it trended 
and there were some videos of people doing a couple of shots of this of the mixture and basically passing out. So that's why the Incredible Hulk started trending again. Well, you pass out like no matter how much you've had, like you have one drink of this and you're done. I mean, that's that's the couple of videos I saw. I obviously think they're I mean, it's just a shot of Hennessy and hypnotic. I mean, we've all had stronger things. I'm not saying that isn't strong, but I don't think one shot's going to knock you out. It's not like drank, though. No, or 151 or absinthe. Oh, but you know what like drank is. There's some cultures within the United States that like like drank. It's like alcohol and cough syrup, I think, mixed together. Yeah, something like that. That just doesn't. That's never sounded enjoyable to me. Out of all the shit I've drank in my life, I've never really wanted to mix drugs with other drugs that much. <laughs> like I, I'm okay with drugs. I don't like mixing my drugs with other drugs. <laughs> like to keep my drugs in their own lane. Okay, are you ready? Let's let's do your thing. You ready? You excited? I, I I was born to be the candle connoisseur. It's what I live for. Okay, it's time. The outlaw candle connoisseur rides again. Sweat candle like, of the month. Sweating like a pig over here. Uh, all right, so this one was actually given to me, um, and I was a little skeptical because uh, unlike all the other candles that I've uh, I've said in the past two years or whatever since I've been doing this, uh, this was actually uh, this only comes in a three ounce size, but it's awesome. Okay, and it's amazing. So, what do most candles come in? I need a little bit of context here. Well, I mean, a lot of them come in uh, twenty ounces. 36 ounces. I mean, they're made to burn for, you know, 30 hours, 40 hours. They're three wicks. They're two wicks. This is a simple, I think it's a 12-hour burn. Uh, I think I, I might have actually gotten a little more out of it, maybe 16, but still. It's a one wick. It comes in a little container. Um, it's just simple, but it's but maybe that's what you need sometimes, the simple. So first off, it's uh, made by Mrs. Myers. can head over to MrsMyers.com. Look up the Lemon Verbena Tin Candle, and it uh, you will not be disappointed. Lemon Verbena, is it's awesome. Obviously, it's we're in May now. Um, you're going to get strong hints of lemon. I don't know what the fuck Verbena is, but I'm going to say that smells delicious too. Um, and it just all comes together for, for an amazing 12 to 16-hour burn. Uh, what's the price point? I think $5. Well, that seems like a pretty good deal. It's, Wait a minute, though. Is that expensive for that size of a candle? I mean, what, uh, I'm going to say. price it. per ounce. It's a price <laughs> per ounce. I mean, it, what is it, three ounces? So $5? So would that be like $1.25 an ounce or something? I don't know. Dollar forty, I believe. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, but, you know, and, and, and the, I did some exploring on, on their website, and they have a lot of deals like, you know, buy three, get one free kind of thing. I mean. So you're spending fifteen dollars to get forty hours at well, forty eight hours at least of burn time on great uh, smelling candles. Yes, please. I still can't believe how much you like candles. It's just amazing to me. <laughs> like, who would have ever thought? That I know Buzz Bifferson <laughs> Buzz would Bifferson. like it. So wait a minute, why'd they give you the candle? Huh? Well, it actually. <laughs> It actually was a friend of my wife's, and uh, and it kind of came into 
conversation um, just about my wife brought up the podcast and how I like candles because there was a few candles that she had had out and uh, I was lingering and I don't know, somehow it got brought up that of this podcast and and my I couldn't get my wife to say that I was the candle connoisseur, of course, but um, they but never she, buy into it. Never. So do you walk around people's houses smelling their candles? <laughs> I mean, not on purpose, but, you know, if they're out, I'll, I'll take a gander. You know, I'll go over, take a whiff. Biff taking a whiff, um, you know, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, just dig candles. I, I don't know how else to say it. Hey, man, you got your thing. That's your thing. That's your thing. Um, are you ready for our top five? Yeah, let's piss off everyone that listens to, listens to this podcast. Man, this was one, though, that I don't think that I've ever had as hard of a time kind of eliminating certain things. Okay. I really, really struggled getting it down to five. Usually, they cut themselves down after a little while, but this was one where I was like, whoa, there's a lot of really good ones. Uh, so our top five is top five video game characters. Uh, my number five, I'm going to get him out of the way, but uh, I think he has to be on any top five video game character list and that is sonic the hedgehog hmm okay i completely understand putting sonic on there i just i mean i don't really nah i could leave sonic off i could leave that's what's crazy about this list is that i could leave like i if somebody put sonic as number 50 i'd be like okay if somebody put sonic as number two i'd be like okay yeah i'm i'm kind of right there with you on that but I, I was leaning actually more of leaving him off, and then I was obviously I gotta give him a spot. So the only thing about Sonic is I don't really remember any very good Sonic games. I mean the the original run of the uh, of the original franchise was, is good and iconic. I could never get into it. My number five is Pac Man. See that uh, I uh, I'm gonna regret not putting them on my top five i know it i just know it yeah i went by things that like everybody would recognize i think that there are some characters you could say though though that's a better character that's a more interesting character but i would go with the ones that like oh i think everybody would know who that is and i, I think everybody knows who pac-man is even now where pac-man probably hasn't been in you think they would modernize pac-man i mean I how know. i mean how do you modernize pac-man i guess open world pac-man have Pac-Man running all over the place, different planets, different continents, what? different ghosts. I don't know. What was that terrible ass um, movie that Adam Sandler did? Wasn't that about Pac-Man Take or something? Pixels. It had like the creator of Pac-Man in there. It was a pretty bad movie, Jesus. even for an Adam Sandler movie. It's like, whoa, bad. That guy is so hit or miss. It's like he either gets an A or an F. He's very um, somebody that I was talking to not 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 too long ago about this compared him to Jim Carrey. It's like you either get something you love or something that you're like, what the what the f is this? Speaking of Sonic, he was Sonic the Hedgehog. He was in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, what's your number four? Oh my! I I would say that. Um. Uh. So personal favorite of mine, Master Chief from the Halo series. Okay. Um. My only, I don't have a lot of like first person shooters on there. I just don't think that they're super character driven necessarily. I looked at a lot of them, like the Red Dead, Red, Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption people. I just never I was like, mm. but I understand Master Chief. To me, he would be number seven. 
Okay. Your number four? Kratos. I think that's probably going to be one of the newest ones of the one of the biggest ones of the newer games. See, I, I don't disagree with putting him on the top five, but I I couldn't do it uh, in my top five. I just, I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't do it. Okay, what's your number three? Okay, so my number three is going to be Laura Croft in the Tomb Raider series. I think that would be on a lot of people's top five lists. But they haven't really made a game in a long time. Yeah, but once again, speaking, just kind of thinking of of longevity, of the transition to Hollywood, you know, the fact that they still can make games if they wanted to. Um, plus, she's a badass. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I, I feel confident in her as my number three. Okay. To me, she's kind of like that era's version of Kratos, where like a character comes along and everybody's like, oh, that's a cool character. Like everybody kind of like, all right. Uh, my number three is Pikachu. Okay. Okay. I would have put Pikachu higher. I could have gone all the way up to number two with Pikachu. But I don't really think of him as a video game character that much. I feel like it's branched out so much that it's like, uh, I don't really associate Pikachu first with video games. Cards and TV shows, movies, not necessarily video games. All right, my number two, I have two at number two. Donkey Kong and Mario. You have Mario at number two? I do. Your number one better be... I mean, I have an idea of what it might be, but I think that's really hard to put Mario at number two. My number two is a tie as well between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. I think those are some of the most iconic... Like, everybody... Maybe not Scorpion, but everybody knows who Sub Zero is. Like, oh, Sub Zero. See, I I don't think I don't think either of those. So I I was thinking about putting Samus on the uh, on the list, and I was like, yeah, it's they're good. I don't know if they're top five though. Um, and the same with with your two. I, I don't know if they're top five. I mean, that defines the fighting game video game genre. Sub Zero, man. Sub Zero is a sweet character. It is these um, people. I'd like freeze people. <laughs> awesome. It's like the 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 big um sumo guy from Street Fighter. I forget his name. E Honda. Yeah, E Honda. Like same same ask to me. Like, yeah, they're 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 well known, but are they are they top five? I, I, I don't know. If I thought about putting like Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter on there. That would be a big argument. Is a Ryu and Ken more famous than Sub-Zero and Scorpion? Ooh, that's actually a great question. People should chime in. Let us know what they think. Okay. What's your number one then? So my number one is Pikachu. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say something. No, I have... Like something else. But I could go with Pikachu. I, no. I mean... I know Mario is the easy number one. He probably should be number one. But personally, and, and I, I think Mario and Pokemon are, are I mean, interchangeable in terms of the, their fandom and how popular they are. Yes, Super Mario kind of changed the landscape of video games, but it's hard to argue that, like, Pokemon didn't change the landscape of, of that kind of video game either when it came out. So... 
I think it has to be Mario. I mean, I can kind of understand the idea of putting Pikachu up there, but I think that ultimately it has to be Mario. I mean, most, I mean, he's a stand-in for video games as a whole. I'm going to get some shit for putting him in a tie with Donkey Kong, I'm sure, but I'm confident yeah, staying with it. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong isn't. I was, okay, okay well, I, go ahead. I'm surprised that you didn't have Link anywhere in your top five, Mr. Zelda. I love Zelda, but I couldn't put Link in there simply because I don't think that I would I would be willing to bet that half to 75% of people who play Legend of Zelda don't realize that Link is not Zelda. That Zelda is the princess and Link is the person that you're playing. I think that really holds <laughs> Link back. If everybody if it was if the legend if if Legend of Zelda was about if you played as Zelda in The Legend of Zelda, I think I'm not making any sense, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. Then I think that you could put that much higher. But that's kind of like the main character isn't associated directly with the game. I, I would opinion. I would agree with you. Okay, let's do this because I bet we both have big honorable mentions. So when I give an honorable mention or when you give an honorable mention – Give me like the range where you would put them, like one to five, five to ten, ten to fifteen, et cetera, et cetera. So you go ahead and give me your honorable mention. So Luigi. Oh, he's top ten. Yeah, I he, I, I, I would put him in top five honorable mention. Yeah. Okay. Am I just going through the list? Are we going back and forth? Yeah. yeah. No, let's go through the list. Uh, Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War. Is. No. All right. Well. I would uh, I would put him probably top fifteen. Twenty five up. Twenty five up is what I'm gonna say with that person. If I don't know who they are, it's automatically twenty five up. Jesus. Uh Nathan Drake. Twenty five up. Last of Us? Uh Uncharted. Uncharted, yes. Uh Ellie from mm-hmm. The Last of Us. Yeah, that's just not a game that I've ever played, but Sam I know that's a famous game. Samus. I don't think that most that's one of those things too. Like I don't think that that's a pretty. I could go top ten, but I could also go top fifteen. I would accept anywhere between five and fifteen. Uh, let's see here. Th- this is kind of easy, but uh, I'll just pick a couple of them. Uh, Princess Peach and Bowser. Bowser higher than Princess Peach. Bowser in the top fifteen. Princess Peach top twenty-five. Man, really? I, I might put Peach top fifteen at least. Um... Duke Nukem. Depending on the age, man, but I could that could be a top fifteen. Definitely top twenty-five. All right, let's see. I could keep I mean I have so many. I'll I'll end with uh these two. Crash Bandicoot. Other people I think would put that very high. To me, that means nothing. <laughs> uh actually I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up with two more because I wanna I wanna get your opinion on the last one here. Uh so Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. Top twenty-five, and then twenty-five uh, to fifty. At twenty-five to fifty, actually, I don't even think I wrote this down right. So I, I'm looking him up, um, so I can say his name right. Uh, but uh, Pa Rapper the rapper, remember him? Pa Rapper the rapper, Pa Rapper the rapper. Yes, strong honorable mention, but probably not in the top one hundred. <laughs> I remember that game, Pa Rapper the rapper. Okay, yeah. let me see if I, I'll give you the ones that uh, Chun Li. Street Fighter? Street Fighter. 
Chun Li. I mean, the fact that I got guessed it right, I'll I'll say top twenty five. Zelda herself, not Link. Zelda. I mean, you're 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 the name title. You get top top ten. Ooh, Kirby. Top three hundred. Fuck that thing. Yeah, but it's pretty fun when you actually get to play that game. Um, I have Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter. Top forty. The brick, the bricks from Tetris. <laughs> I mean, the top five if we're going the bricks. Yeah, Mega Man. Top fifteen. Yeah. I don't have any other characters that I can think of. I mean, we we went through a lot of them. I'm actually kind of proud of us. Yeah, we did a pretty good job, honestly. We should probably just stop then. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review. doesn't have to be some big thing. Just a couple of quick words. It really helps us out, and we really enjoy hearing from people. So let us know what you think are some of the best video game characters. There is really a lot of them that could be in the top five. There's just so many iconic characters. So let us know what you think are some of the best video game characters. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.